Hey, this is Karen, Coach's Corner Chats, and joining me is Atreyu Austin. Atreyu, where are you at and what are you up to? Oh, man, I'm the assistant coach at Prosper State. Um, you know, right now we're in the summer, so it's just gearing up for the season. Uh, we start classes August 28th, so, you know, a lot of preparation for that, getting workouts situated, um, getting guys registered for classes, getting their um, NCAA forms in so they'll be ready to rock and roll when school starts. How long have you been at Frostburg? So I've been at Frostburg three years. Um, I had various different roles at Frostburg. Kind of started like a student assistant, then a GA, and then a top assistant my, my last two years. What's it been like to go from student assistant? Like what were those roles and responsibilities compared to what's now on your plate? Okay, yeah, that's an interesting story. So I was <laughs> – I went in, like, so back in 2020, around COVID time, Frostburg had a shortened season. Um, I was still on the grind, coaching AAU, doing those type of things. You know, Coach Sean Brown, my head coach at the time, um, one of my mentors, he taught me a lot. But Coach Brown had called me. Like, I had took a job out in Massachusetts just coaching and training kids at Cramp Greylock. Um, coach Brown called me and was like, hey, I got a GA spot open. Do you want it? So, you know, I didn't know anything about Frostburg or anything like that. Um, I wasn't the best student undergrad, man. So, like, all the, the, the kids listening out there, man, like, <laughs> grades matter, right? So, to be a GA at Frostburg, you had to have a 3.0 cumulative undergrad. I, I didn't have that. Like, I wasn't that far off. I was like a 2.89 maybe or 2.98 around in there. So... You know, Coach Brown really wanted me. He's seen a lot in me as a coach. So he was like, hey, can you pay for your first semester on your own? And, like, you be a, you become a student, enroll in classes, then I hire you as a student assistant. So I was like, okay. You know, I had kind of been working because I had my bachelor's. So I kind of been working, had some money saved up. So I ended up, you know, quitting my job, jumping out on a limb, and was like, okay, like, I'm going to do the coaching full time. So I paid for the classes and then um, was a student assistant. I got paid a little bit of money. So, but when I was a student assistant, like I couldn't get like all of the scouts that a GA would get or like I couldn't go out and recruit. Like I was still going on road trips. I've had more of like a manager feel. I was learning the, the system and um, just kind of helping Coach Brown whenever he need me. Maybe it was like printing some papers, you know, rebounding for guys. Um, just kind of learning, watching film. Like, he would, you know, tell me, okay, like, we playing, you know, West Liberty. They're the best team in D2. So, like, can you clip up or can you go watch their game against Concord where they went on, like, a crazy 18-0 run? Like, what sets did they run? Like, what did they do? So, I just kind of clipped those things. And then that next semester, um, I got the GA job. You know, it was a, a tough time for me because I was having to, like, get acclimated back to taking classes and doing mm -hmm. things like that. But, you know, I ended up with a 4.0 and then, you know, they paid for the rest. So that's how I came a GA. So when I went to a GA, I had three scouts. Um, I went two and one in those scouts. I had Wheeling twice and then I had UDC. Um, and so, you know, our conference at Mountain East Conference is kind of heavy. So we, we really don't start conference play until after that semester break. So, you know, I, I really love that that student assistant pay your own way type of deal, especially as a top assistant, because sometimes you try to hire GAs and you get like these volunteer type of coaches and they don't stick. 
because maybe it's not something that they love or maybe, you know, the grind is too, you know, treacherous or they don't want to put in the time to kind of get to where they're trying to go. So I think, you know, being a student assistant, just learning and easing me into it kind of helped me become a GA. So I knew kind of what to expect for scouting as far as like the day-to-day operations. So like when I was, you know, tossed in that role, you know, the expectations were a little bit higher and I was able to, you know, meet those. And so, you know, that went on, like I did that as for a semester of GA, two and one in scouts, um, kind of recruited a little bit. Like I'm from Arkansas, only lived in Arkansas my whole life. So I was able to, you know, create a pipeline with, with Arkansas and Oklahoma and Texas, like Southern states, you know, up there on the East coast of Maryland. And so um, I kind of was networking with like JUCOs in our area, kids that maybe we couldn't take. I would send them to like local JUCOs, like Garrett, which is down the way, Allegheny, which is down the way, um, and just be like, hey, coaches, do you need any guys? Like I got a pipeline or I got some kids that you may can take a look at. And so then that kind of led me to the role that I am now as a top assistant, you know, I do a lot of recruiting. Um, I kind of spent all of July just out recruiting. Um I do, like, I'm at, like, eight, nine scouts now. We played 28 games. So, um, last year I kind of did 14. You know, they they let Coach Brown go due to, you know, losing or, you know, not really winning as many games, having seen a lot of success. Um, you know, Coach Zach Thomason, um, he took over from SUNY Dale High. So, you know, we broke those scouts down, and I'm, I'm at about nine, ten scouts, a lot of recruiting duties. Um, I made like the the postseason workouts last year, so I'm kind of heavily, you know, involved in many different areas of the program now. What was that like when you made that decision? You said talking about like making the jump to go to Frostburg, start taking classes. What was that experience like going in pretty much kind of not sure how this is going to work out? Man, that was a, a really big one for me. Um so around that time, I had two jobs. Um, my degree, my bachelor's degree is in, in criminal justice. So I had a really good job making like 40K working for disability and social security. Really good job, right? Like, and I was still kind of like new to it. So once you finish training, it kind of bumped you up to like 42. And then when you hit your year mark, it bumped you up to 45. So, you know, being a young guy at the time, I was like 20, you know, 22, 23. So you're making 45K at that age, man, you kind of good, right? Mm-hmm. So then... I had, you know, just a little part-time job that I kind of did every summer when I was a player working at the community center or parks and rec for the city of North Little Rock, where I'm from. Um, So I was like a facility leader there. I kind of worked my way up from there, too. So I was making some good money there. And um, so I probably was netting, like, you know, anywhere from, like, 55 to 50K a year, depending on how many events the community center had that I could work on the weekends. And so, you know, like, I would just get into training, right? Like I started training kids. I took that community center job and I would like work kids out there. Um, you know, just, you know, a little money here or there, not really doing it for the money, just doing it because I really love the game, right? Like I feel like if it's you're passionate about it, like you got to try to find a way to like continue to be around it, keep pouring into it. So, you know, some people will come in and I will work them out at the facility. Like, so that's probably, I work 4.30 to 9 p.m. because my other job was like 8 to 4. So yeah, I would go there 4.30 nine kids would be getting out of school they'll be looking for a place to you know hoop or get reps or do whatever so like I would just take them up there and like well they would already come and I'll already be working so I just work them out so I went to my parents and was like "Ah, I'm really not happy you know at the DDS like I don't like 
sitting at a desk. Like, it's not me. You know, being in basketball all these years, working parks and rec is my only job, right? Like, I finally graduated, got a full-time job, right? Got to be an actual adult. But it's like at a desk, right? Like I don't, I don't, I don't think I like sedentary work, right? Like I didn't like sitting at a desk every day. Like you didn't like the dress code was lenient, so I wasn't having to put on a suit and tie or anything crazy like that. But it's just you know being at a desk, making phone calls, right? Like filling out all this paperwork. You like, like it just, I it wasn't for me. So um, I kind of let that go and just started doing the gym job. You know, it was still part time, but it was I was able to make a lot of extra money on the weekends just working like events. So the events would range from, you know, seven to midnight. So some days, like most days, honestly, I would be there from seven to midnight. Um, So I did that. So with all of that extra time I had at the gym, right, like I was just training kids. Boom, bring a friend, bring a friend, bring a friend. So then once I quit uh, the DDS. Like, I started, like, kind of, like, getting some money in, like, start, like, okay, like, we can do, you know, $25 a session, or you can do $30 a week. Some It was some super minute, something super small, just because I started finding out, you know, people want to work out, even with kids. Like, they want to work out, but, like, if you, they're not paying or they're not invested, they kind of play with your time, right? Like, mm. and I didn't like that. So even at my college now, like th- that foundation, like with workouts, like they got to hit me up 24 hours in advance. Like you have to hit me up. Like we treat this like a schedule. Like if you want to work out with Coach Trey, like even though we're in the same place at the same time on the same team, you're going to have to have some type of communication about yourself and you're going to have to show me that you're invested. So with those kids, I just charge them like a little fee. You know, they didn't have it. They didn't have it. Okay, no big deal. So COVID happened and it shut down the gym. So when they shut down the gym, it kind of, you know, altered my process. Um, So I started, you know, getting creative. Like we would go outside and then they took the rims down outside. And (laughs) so it kind of halted me. But the whole time simultaneously while that's going on, like I started like having more time to invest into like my business. So I started like a business called Diamond State Training. Um, had got an LLC and just went, went, went big, right? This was like all right before COVID. So went once, like I got those kids where they kind of need to be, I sent them back to their high school, right? Or their middle school or wherever they was playing. So what I found out, like I started just going like live scouting, but I was only scouting for my clients or, you know, sometimes I'd be like, okay, like this kid is nice. And do you have a trainer? I'd be talking to their parents and saying, do you have a trainer? Like I'm training at the North Lower Community Center, like come see me. Um, just advertising as well. But, like, as I'm watching the game, you know, from my background of playing at the University of Arkansas Little Rock, like, those kids weren't being utilized properly, right? They was being put, like, in weird situations where the kid wasn't going to be successful if they was LeBron James, right? You putting a 5-5 – you putting, a, like, a 5-5, like, guard in the post because that's kind of what you probably knew that like those plays in your mind as a high school coach, middle school coach, like some you've seen on fast draw that get posted on Twitter. Like you think, you know, that's winning basketball. So those kids was being put in like losing situations. So what I did was, you know, I talked to the parents about what I seen, right. Because I was trying to get them better. Ultimately I went to the middle school coach, the high school coach, like, Hey, I'm training, you know, Trey Austin and he's coming every day. And this is what he's working on. Like, So he can do X, Y, Z skills, right? So it was up to that high school coach, middle school coach to put him in a good situation. And a lot of times they didn't. So what I did was I started my own team, right? Like my own AU organization called the Arkansas Diamonds. 
and we kind of went national with it. So back to your original question, it was an easy transition because I knew I wasn't going to be at that desk. Like I, I quit the desk job. So I had no other choice but to lock in on the coaching. Right. So I went from training to scouting to recruiting for players for my organization, for my, my Arkansas Diamonds business. And then it was like, OK, right. The rubber finally met the road and I needed funds. But I had this good background of training. Like I had a net work or a rapport with the, the, the coaches in Arkansas um, at the high school level or the middle school level. And so I just kind of got a letter of recommendation, start building like a coaching portfolio from there. And then, um, you know, got that one phone call. Well, I got the one job I applied for, you know, at Cam Greylock, which, you know, was something outside of Arkansas. I had some, a lot of success there. And so then when Coach Brown called, I was still a little like, okay, I don't know anything about Frostburg. Like, I don't know anything about Maryland. I have only lived in Arkansas. I had a short stint for, like, coaching kids in the summer in Massachusetts. So it was still a, a transition for me, um, going from decent weather that I'm used to in Arkansas to, like, super cold in Frostburg. Um, the money didn't really, like, hit me until I became an assistant coach. So, like, everything I knew, it was going to be a grind. Like, you telling me I was a student assistant and I got to make 3000 bucks. And then I got to pay for school on my own. So I'm really losing 2000 bucks in the process. So I think um, all of my, my previous experiences kind of prepared me to take on the role at Frostburg. Um, I like to say, you know, Frostburg has like been my good luck charm, you know, like at the time I was applying for, for jobs into coaching, not hearing nothing back, you know, not getting calls back for an interview. Like, I'm coaching at the high school level, no college coaching experience. So, I mean, it's rightfully so. And then just that one lucky day, fateful day for me, Coach Brown mm -hmm. hit me up. So, you know, sometimes, you know, like people say, like, your hard work don't go unnoticed. And so, you know, I kind of, you know, admire Frostburg. And, like, Frostburg will always forever have a special, like, place in my heart for that, for, for taking a chance on a kid from Arkansas and, and giving him his, you know, first real college coaching job. You talk about coaching and the youth and recognizing how you can make an impact on them. Let's look at your youth. When did you get into the game of basketball and start this, like you talk about this love and this passion for the game? Okay. So, I mean, I didn't like play like AAU at a like crazy young age, man. A lot of people, when I tell them about my, my youth basketball, like they don't believe it. Right. So <laughs> I was, I was into football. Um, like football was my thing. Like I have an older brother about 19 months apart. Like he was into basketball. So like, I wanted to be different. Right. So I was like, Oh, I'm like, I like football. So I got on a football team, sixth grade. I played for the North Little Rock Saints. Um, like my first practice, like I cried, like I didn't know nothing. I didn't know nobody. Like it was so bad. Um, super physical. Like the dudes were from like, you know, North Little Rock is not like this, you know, rainbowy sunshiny place like it's kind of it's kind of rough out here mm -hmm. and so you know just those kids you know was just more apt to being physical more apt to aggression so like those hits was kind of vicious at sixth grade so <laughs> um so you know I, I stick it out you know I kind of learn a position they put me at quarterback too because I could throw like I would you know play catch with my dad and stuff my dad was really good at football he was like the fastest man in the state of Arkansas his senior year 
Um, they call him Deuce Deuce G, man. Like, he was a running back, though. So they put me at quarterback, which was okay. Like, I liked it. So sixth grade, I started playing sports. Seventh grade, you know, I go to middle school. Um, my we we moved when I moved to my house in third grade, we found a goal in the back. So we had a basketball goal, but I never played on a team before. Like I would just play, you know, my dad played at the park to be active and I would play with him on teams and stuff like that. Or like we would go off to the side while him and his buddies ran up and down. So I kind of seen people playing a game. And then, you know, I would go off to like the boys and girls club or like some summer program and play at like the local gyms and stuff. Um, not having really a foundation of like, okay, like you're going to run this pick and roll. You're going to do this. I was just out there, you know, dribble, 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 shot wide open layup or something crazy like that. Um, and then we, my dad taught me a lot too on like our goal outside the front house, but never played on the team before. So seventh grade, you know, I was already, I had one year of football on a team. So, you know, obviously, you know, being from North Little Rock and we don't have many middle schools, like uh, they was like, oh, you're the quarterback for the Saints. Here you go, football. So seventh grade <laughs> quarterback at uh, Ridge Road Middle. And, you know, I just tried out for the basketball team. Well, I made it. Cool. Perfect. You know what I'm saying? Went from football to basketball. So seventh grade is when I officially started playing basketball on a team. And so it was a lot of learning. People have been playing AU. Been, they've been playing organized before. That was never me. Like, I started literally seventh grade. And so my coach at the time, he, he just got the job at uh, as the AD and North Little Rock coach, Wes Ballon. Um, Yeah, I think he was just starting out at the time, too. So, you know, he just put me – I was a little bit taller, longer. He's put me in, like, the block area. And, like, you know, me being six foot now, like, looking back on it, like, bro, I probably shouldn't have been there. Like, it probably would have <laughs> – you know what I'm saying? Serve me a better purpose, you know, to be on the ball dribbling. So what my dad did when we finally, like, um, took an interest in sports, like, he he created a team. My dad is a pastor, so we played in, like, different church leagues and stuff like that um, with his team, uh, Champs. You know, Christ has a master plan, so listen. So that was, like, our team name. So seventh grade, started a basketball team. I took, you know, my Ridge Road buddies, and then I played point guard for them. Like, just put me on the ball. Because I could dribble. I used to watch and one. Like, Professor was the guy. Like, the whiz. And so, um, put me on the ball. So, go back to school. Eighth grade, you know, still playing football. Doing my thing there. Quarterback. Um, eighth grade. I had a really good eighth grade year for basketball. I ended up moving from, like, the block to the three. So, I was on a wing. So, that was perfect, too. So, ninth grade come, right? So, in my city, it's weird. We got three middle schools. You got Lakewood, Ridge Road, and uh, Rose City. Like, I went to Ridge Road. So, but we only have one high school. So, you taking the kids from Lakewood, Ridge Road, and Rose City and all put them at one high school. So, when I got to ninth grade, like, I was really solid at football, right? So, I was already golden for football. Went through the football season, basketball trials come, I don't make the team. Like, I don't, I don't make the basketball team. So, you know, like sometimes, you know, you can kind of accept that, right? And you can just, you know, play football, which is kind of what they wanted me to do, what people probably thought I was good at. Um, but what happened was, like, I took a really interest in football. Like, our defensive coach, and I'm, it's a wild story, they moved me from quarterback, too, in football to defense. I had never played defense ever. And they put me on – so ninth grade, they put me on defense. So it's wild because – this is how crazy life worked. The defensive coach, Coach Wallace, was the head basketball coach. So 
he came to me and was like, hey, like you didn't make the team, but if something happened, right, like I'm going to put you on the team. Because um, I was a hard worker. So Dion Tidwell and Peyton Holmes quit the basketball team to play football. They only played football for the rest of their high school career. So Coach Wallace, you know, seen me in the hallway one day and was like, hey, you want to come play basketball? And I'm like, yes, sir, I do. So <laughs> um, I went, went out there to basketball, um, late addition to the roster when they quit. And then had a really solid ninth grade year. Like, I, I remember my first week of practice, like, I didn't have a team shoes or nothing. Um, luckily, me and Dion went to Ridge Road together, and he stayed across the street from my grandma. And so we, we had a good relationship. So he ended up, you know, giving me his and, like, things like that. But, like, my first week, like, Coach Wallace, like, I was messing up on some drills or, like, not really loafing, just kind of, like, figuring things out on the run. And he was like, hey, man, like, if you're going to get this type of effort, like, go back to football. And so that's when I really start looking at like, okay, like a coach can't call coach effort, right? Like I rather, and I tell our guys, like when we talking about like, okay, you got to like blitz the screen, right? So we talking about like a trap or like a, a hard hedge, whichever one we kind of go with that year. Like, even if you don't know the cause, like you got to say something because that to me, that looks like you're trying, right? So like a coach, even though coach, coach Wallace knew that I didn't know what I was doing, he wanted me to go 110%, like whether I was right or wrong, right? And so that's when I start really learning about, like, effort. So, you know, um, started off on the bench. Some guys get, like, hurt. I get into the starting lineup, start some games, etc. So 10th grade come, I quit football. Like, I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm done. I didn't like my position anyway. Everybody got so jacked because our um, football coach at the time, Brad Boding, was a – uh, strength coach at, at the deep one level. So he was like jacking kids, like <laughs> master. And so I was like, yeah, okay. Like I'm going to just lock in on basketball. So 10th grade, I just kind of like rock out on JV coaching change. Um, my junior year, I have a decent junior year, have a decent senior year. We won state my junior year, won um, state my senior year. So that's kind of how I got into basketball right there. I just kind of, you know, learn to love it right like because i've been the uh, that's kind of like all i had at the time and then basketball is one of those sports where like football kind of translated right like when i was on defense i didn't realize it at the time because i'm like bro i've been a quarterback for the last like four years and then you move me to defense but like backpedaling right backpedaling for the ball because they move me to like corner and safety so i would have to backpedal 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 and then once the ball or like we it's a handoff right you just immediately sprint and try to go make a tackle. So, like, that back pedal, break into the ball, like, I could, like, direct traffic a little bit better. I could turn my man. I could recover. So, it kind of helped me in basketball. So, I was, like, a, a good defensive pass. Like, I was low to the ground, quick feet. So, that's all we did in football. Like, you know, we would do foot fire. So, you chopping your feet, like, bear roll, like bear crawl. So, chop your feet up, down. Like, it just – so, my feet was really good. So, like, I was just calling havoc on defense. And then, like, my 10th grade year, I just kind of, like – okay, I'm going to lock in, and I'm going to, like, refine my skills. So my dad played a big part in that. Anderson Bryan, who's coaching overseas now, played a big, big part in that. And Corey Jones, who's coaching with Arkansas All Red and just pouring into all of the youth in Arkansas helped me out with that too. So, like, those guys, man, I, I want to shout them out, man. They, they did – unbelievable didn't even have a full ninth grade year and to you know going to win state twice like my basketball 
you just talked about you dropped a couple names and the first one you dropped and said was was your father and you talked about how you would take you out back and work and when he created a team how important was that for you and your development and even now as a coach and then just for you as you know like a young man growing up to have that support and you know that love from your dad yeah man that's big like man that's huge um if he wouldn't have started that team, I probably wouldn't have had the confidence, right? Like, and that's the one thing when I got into coaching and training, like I started my Diamond State training, I started my Arkansas Diamonds organization. That's the one thing I want to give kids, right? Confidence. Like confidence can take you so many places, right? So I never would like, okay, like we need to run horns right here. And we're going to, to Sanai because she's the best player on the team. Or we're going to give the ball to Juice, who's going to score it every time on the post. Like, I never did that. I gave kids the ultimate freedom to be themselves, right? If you're going to take this shot, and it's a bad shot, and I think it's a bad shot, I mean, I'm going to look at you. I'm going to give you that coach's look. And if you make it, cool, no big deal. If you don't, we got to have a conversation. Like, is that the best shot you can get with the amount of time left on the shot clock? No, no, Coach Trey. Like, okay, like, let's work it around. You know, like, I'm giving you guys freedom, and I want you to be, like, an overall, like, decent player, but you got to you gotta want that for yourself, too. So, thinking back, back with me when I was playing at Ridge Road, learning how to play, like, they put me in a system, right, because they had to. Like, they didn't have as many players to choose from, right, or I probably wouldn't have made the team. So – um, they kind of used what I could do, which I mean, with much of nothing, I just had some lint and they was like, okay, wall up right here. Somebody come your way, just wall up. All right. Like if you can't wall up at least foul them so they don't score it. Right. It was super minimum teaching. So my dad was like, no, nah, bro, like look at our family. You're going to be small. You need to be on the ball. You need to be making plays, making reads. And so that team that he started putting me on the ball and like facilitating it and being able to pick my man up full court and just guarding a different position gave me a newfound confidence. Like, man, I am more than a dude in the paint with no role, just walling up. So even on offense, like, okay, I was able to like take people off the dribble. I may not make the layup every time, but I'm going to learn. I'm going to get better. Like, okay, the help defense came, right? So maybe I need to pass that one. Or, okay, he don't want to help because I got a shooter over there now. So, okay, now I can just casually walk in and get me a layup, right? And then just shooting, right? Like, I was able to shoot the basketball with my dad. Like, they didn't want me to shoot when I was uh, at Bridge Road. Because, I mean, I could probably make it, probably not. But, I mean, who knows if you telling me to get on this block. You know what I'm saying? So, my dad, you know, was able to to allow me to do different things now. I'm not going to say it was easy with my dad either. Like, my dad was in the military. He's a stickler. Like, he's yelling. Like, we, we didn't have some, you know, some some bats about basketball and about my theory and about what I want to do and where I want to go and, you know, different things like that. But I think, yeah, man, that what he did starting that team just gave me the ultimate confidence in my game that I can do more than what you kind of want me to do as a coach. And that's okay. Like, I have always been coachable. So, if you want me on a block, coach, cool. I'm, I'm going to get there. But don't limit me to there, right? And so, you know, that's the thing with my dad, too. He didn't limit what I could and couldn't do. And, and so, that I think without those limitations, playing free ultimately gave me more confidence. So, I think that's big for my, my development. 
And so then with my dad, like, even when I wanted to get into coaching, he was like, ah, is that something you really want to do? Like, you're making some good money. You're making some good pay. Like, and but at the end of the day, he was like, man, if you want to do it, do it. Like, like, I believe in you. Like, I believe, you know, that you can do kind of whatever you want to do. So then I started, like, getting into coaching those kids. And, like, we was traveling everywhere, bringing back trophies, bringing back rings. And then it's really an eye-opener, like, man all right yeah like you might want to just lock in on that so like my dad have always been like even my mom like because you know my mom and dad still you know together so i'm one of the lucky guys that grew up with a two Mm -hmm. two parent household and like um yeah my mom is like okay well okay like she'll kind of rationally think about it for me like "Mm, are you sure like are you gonna be able to financially support yourself are you gonna be able to like do different things and like um so, you know, that's um, that's one of the things, too. Like, they have always, you know, supported whatever decision I had. Um, they they never pressured me into doing something that they wanted me to do. Like, if I told them, like, ah, I don't want to go to church today. All right, no big deal. You know, my dad is a fashion. Like, okay, no big deal. You know, and go at your own mercy, you know. So, like, I think, you know, that, that love, support, and always, you know, that reassurance, knowing that they're there, knowing that they can support me. Um, and then even if I fail, which I'm a worker, so I don't look at myself as failing, but you know, they say failing is a a first learning opportunity. I mean, they right there, like, okay, like you didn't make the team this time. What do you need to do to get better? Well, I just need to like get in the gym and work. Right. Okay. So how can we support that? Well, I need a ride because I can't drive. No big deal. Mm -hmm. Like my parents, um, like my mom and dad would drive me to, uh, Corey Jones gym way in Rose City. Like I live probably on the opposite side of town, about 20 minutes away, and they would just drive me there. I work out for two hours. You know, my mom would sometimes pick me up, you know, or like sometimes I get a ride from Corey, whatever. You know. So but they did whatever they could to support me. And that's been big. Like oxygen force management this past May. And I was able to get them up to Frostburg and, you know, show them around. And that was like big for me because like they've been supporting me behind the scenes and they've been, you know, putting some some money into the program since we transitioned from like D3 to D2. And it's been like a, a uphill battle that we had to climb and, you know, finally getting them up and showing them the town and the layout was like super cool for me. Um, but like I, I wouldn't be, you know, the player that I am today without without, without them and um, I wouldn't be the coach that I am today without without them either. So, like, they've been a big part for me. You also mentioned playing some college hoops. And then at what point did you think coaching might be something you'd want to get into? Okay, yeah. So, um, my time in college was a little little weird too. So, you know, I wasn't, like, always the best player on my team. Um, you know, been on some really good teams, been a part, you know, might have had to sit the bench some, you know, who you know, you never know. But um, I go to college, right? So Corey Jones, like he 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 kind of took over, you know, like my basketball. My dad still was doing a lot behind the scenes, but Corey, I think, you know, kind of like, okay, like, yo, you got skills, like you need to hoop. Like I put a lot of time into you. So senior year, I did a showcase with um Elite Scouts Focus, Elite 80. Like I was like ranked in their system as like the third best player in the state of Arkansas, et cetera. No, not a lot, not a lot of recruitment. 
so it goes back to the grades, man. I didn't have a, a 17 on the ACT. So, you know, at that time with D2 Sports, um, you had to have a 17 on the ACT to be eligible. I made a 16 three times, right? And, like, I'm not ashamed of it. Like, I mean, I'm a smart guy. Like, I graduated my master with a 4.0. But at the time, I just couldn't pass the ACT. I should have probably took the SAT. Didn't think about it. Took the ACT over. Kept getting the same score. So I couldn't go to D2s. And so back to my parents with the, the love and support. Like, my mom, you know, went through the U of A system. So she got 40% off at any U of A school for, like, you know, her offspring. Like, we kind of got grandfathered into that. So I could have went to Fayetteville, Monticello, Horsemith, Little Rock. Um, all with a 40% discount. Um, so it wasn't going to be wise to, you know what I'm saying, take out all these loans, trying to chase the hoop dream. So, you know, I probably could have went to a couple of JUCOs in the area, but at the same time, it wasn't going to be full. I'm going to have to take out, you know, loans. And that just wasn't smart, especially with the 40% off. And then I ended up getting like the Arkansas Lottery Scholarship. So I got a little bit more money. And then if I stayed local, I could stay at home, right? So like, that was the ultimate goal. Like, I feel like, even with the basketball today, the ultimate goal should be to get free school. Like a lot of people I see talk about D1 or bust, or I want to play D1, or I want to go here, or I want to go there. That's fine and dandy if it's free. Like the goal should be to get free school. And so I kind of forged my path to free school, right? 40% off, Arkansas Lottery Scholarship, staying at home, boom, not a lot of debt. Um, So – you know, I went to the University of Arkansas Little Rock, which is, it was the closest school to my home. Um, I'm from North Little Rock, so it's about a 10-minute commute every day. So, you know, as I'm going through there, like, Corey was like, hey, bro, like, you should, like, you know, hit up the coach and, like, try to be a manager. Hmm, okay. Like, why would I do that? Corey played, you know, D1 basketball at the University of Conway, well, Central Arkansas, and um, he played at UMCKC. Uh, so he kind of knew the insides of, you know, college basketball. My dad ended up going to the military. He knew about, like, basketball, but probably not the day-to-day operations of a, a, a team, right? So, Corey did. So, he was like, yeah, bro, like, if you be the manager, um, you'll get a chance to work out with the guys. And then, you know, they'll throw you on scout team sometimes or when somebody get hurt, they'll have you to fill in and et cetera. So, you know, me, I'm like, okay, like, I like hooping. I'm a local guy. Like, you don't got to pay me no money. My school's already free. So I went to Coach Shields at the time and was like, hey, uh, do you need a manager? And so he was like, yeah, man, like get with Coach Ted, you know, Ted Crash. So um, he's an Abilene Christian now. So I, um, you know, go to him and he want to bring me on. And But at the time, I didn't know, you know, Coach Shields was going to get fired. So Coach Shields got fired, which is okay. No big deal. So I'm, still, I'm already in. The guys knew me. So the next year, Coach Beer came. Same thing, like, hey, you need a manager? And they, they brought me in. I was a local guy. They're trying to get stuff situated. So I was the manager, man. Like, man, that was best time of life, man. Like, um, shoot, we went 30 and 5 a year. I got a ring. Like, being around the guys, like, I got the hoop with them. Like, I'm throwing in scout team, doing, like, it was just a time. Um, so I kind of already used two years, but, I mean, no debt, you know, being around the guys. And then I just kind of rolled out my time because plan took over you know, gave me opportunity to, like, walk on and things like that. So um, I never really logged game minutes. But, I mean, just being around that atmosphere, seeing those coaches, like, how they work diligently um, and how they put so much time, effort into the guys, man. It just – like, I knew at the time, like, okay, like, maybe I could see myself coaching. But I never did just pursue it until 
you know, a couple made like 15 months later when I started like working out those kids at the community mm. center. It seems like you, every time there's an opportunity, you just kind of put yourself out there. You talked about like going right to the coach and saying, Hey, do you need a manager to help? Or when you were working with this, the younger players, you're like, parents, I'm going to go watch and see what, how they're developing and how I might be able to help them. Have you always, you talked about it earlier too. I think maybe, maybe a little bit of your dad's in, impact on you, but always being like a go-getter and taking like, even when you didn't make the team, like, Hey, what can I do to get better? Are you, are you always that even with this setup for this, we got, you know, we had to reschedule and you kept kind of checking in like, Hey, when, let me know when an opportunity is because I got a window open. You're always, it seems like that's kind of your personality of, Hey, a tray is ready to rock and roll. There's an opportunity. I'm ready to do it. Yes, sir. I mean, I'm just kind of like, I wouldn't say pushy. I'm just kind of persistent, right? Like I feel like if it's something that you want to do and you're passionate about it, like, you can't take no for an answer. Like, I feel as if, right, like like the, the podcast here, man, I think that you're running a really good podcast. Like, you're getting exposure for coaches. You tell them about the story. You ask them questions so they can dive deep. Like, I feel I want to be a part of that, right? Like, I'm a young coach, you know, trying to stay in the game. So, I mean, like, we got to try to figure out how we can make it work, you know? And so, even with the basketball, I wanted to play basketball. Like, I did. Like, I truly, deep down, wanted to hoop. So, like, when I didn't make the team, like, I want to know why. Like, I, like why? Like, why did I not make the team? Like, what do I need to work on, Coach, to where, like, I can get to where I can make the team, right? And, you know, a lot of coaches like that. I was like that even with school. Like, um, my professor, Professor Baird, or Professor Farr, who I developed a really good relationship. So, like, he just took a job at Alabama. Um, like, I would send my work to him days before it was due and like hey this is like my final draft can you look over it make sure that I didn't miss anything right and so like he would do that and I, I graduated with my master with a 4.0 the highest GPA I've ever had ever probably on any level of school I have ever been in right <laughs> so I just feel like if it's something that you want to do like you have to set your mind to it and you have to do it so that's going to take a lot of hard work a lot of persistence like you might have some setbacks right but you kind of understand that, you know, setbacks are a part of it. But it, but the end goal is still the same. And so my end goal when I was a player to get on a team, I didn't care if I had to be the manager, the water boy, the towel guy, if I had to follow coach, any coach around and be like, hey, what I, what you need from me today? Hey, I know this play. Like, I can run it in practice right now. Like, anything you need of me, I, I can do that to get to where I'm trying to go. The other thing that's popped out to me is your ability to one, remember names of people that you've come across or worked with to like, you know, from coach Jones to, you know, coach Brown to all these other ones. And even to say they're at this place now, or they, they're not there now, but they're at, at this place. How important has it been all of those relationships and not just to like be with them for that time you're with them, but to continue to kind of keep an eye on where people are at and stay connected. Yeah, so that's just a I think that's just a weird way that my <laughs> mind worked, right? Like I um when I first got into coaching, I didn't understand how networking was important. Um so many times where I tried to get jobs and like 
like I never forget, I tried to get a job at Angelo State. Angelo State is where, you know, Coach Beard first got his start. Like he was at a D2, took him there. And then I think he came to us the, the very next year, had a lot of success. Um, I think I, it had on my resume, like University of Arkansas Little Rock, like all of the various, you know, positions that I held there. And, you know, Coach, I want to say Coach Boone at the time, maybe hit me back and was like, hey, can you get, you know, Coach Beard, like, reference, a letter of reference from Coach Beard, like, on your behalf. So I never knew how important, you know, networks was. So when I first got into coaching, like, I'm just getting in, right? Like, okay, like, I did this kind of good work. Like, here's my team. It went national. We played Under Armour Rise, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Resume, boom, just send it to them, whatever. Like, that's okay, too. Like, that is okay. But do you know somebody that maybe played at, you know, the school that you're applying for? Do you know somebody that maybe coached there? you right. Can you get them to advocate on your behalf? So as I'm, like, learning, being a young coach, you know, Coach Brown is, like, pumping me up. Like, bro, why you don't use Coach Beard or Coach Flan or Coach Ted or Coach Trilly, right? Like, I kind of let those relationships go. Like, I only had them, you know, for one year. Like, so once that one year was up, they kind of just, you know, left, and we kind of went separate ways and things like that. So, like, now, you know, that I know that, like, okay, well, coaching is about who do you know, networks, you know, shaking hands. I'm backtracking, like, hey, Coach Trilly, like, I was, like, with you when we went to March Madness. Like, is there anybody you know at this place, right? Like, and I always get my number out. Like, I mean, hey, hey, hit me up. Like, and I created, like, a digital portfolio for myself, like, that I can just send, you know, via, you know, text message or, you know, um, shout out um, Coach Pat Kelsey. He taught me a lot and his whole staff, man. And they taught me a lot. So, like, even with them, like, hey, you got a digital portfolio. And here's my – it got my resume. It got my references on there. It got a little bit about myself, my coaching philosophy. And so, you know, those networks are important. So, I just kind of, like, remember that. And I kind of see where guys are at because maybe, like, a lot of those guys, like Coach Max, just was the head coach um, for the Minnesota Timberwolves Summer League team. And he was our video coordinator, you know. So, just, like, him being on those stages and people being where they're at and and I have dreams aspirations to to maybe one day be a d1 head coach or a d2 head coach because I like how the d2 setup is now that I've been in it for three years right like so like those guys can kind of help you along the way and it's it's okay to ask for help like you know what I'm saying it's okay to be like hey you know coach Trilly like do you know anybody at Strasburg like I'm trying to get the head coaching job there um, or et cetera, you know? So I just kind of keep track. Like you said, I keep track. Um, I try to reach out to guys and build genuine relationships because if you build genuine relationships. So the one thing you just brought it up, the idea of, cause I was listening and thinking, so you've gone from student to, you know, GA to now assistant you know, what's the next step for Atreyu as a, as a coach? And you talked about maybe being a D1, D2 head coach. Is that just going to come with more networking and more experience and just keep grinding and learning as much as you possibly can? And then look, just like what happened with Frostburg, hopefully that opportunity opens itself up for you. Yeah, man. So, um, and I probably should have mentioned it earlier, like when you was asking what we got going on, man, I'm in, a really good situation. I think um, I built up a lot of equity with Frostburg. Um, 
we in the process of um, this is our first year with our new coach, Coach Zach Thomason. So shout out Coach Zach for, you know, keeping me on board and, you know, allowing me to pitch ideas whenever. And, you know, like my ultimate goal right now, just short term, is to just crush it where I'm at, right? So I got the mentality where, like, no matter where I'm at, D2 assistant, D1 assistant, manager, um, student assistant, GA, like, I'm going to just crush it. I'm going to kill it. Like, right? Like, you, like you're going to want to promote me. You're going to always remember, like, okay, well, Coach Trey Austin was phenomenal. Like, I have to have him. I have to promote him. So – I'm in a really good situation, new coach, and I'm just crushing mentality. Like anything he needed me, I'm going to do it and I'm going to give 110% effort. Um, so I think, you know, that's, you know, step one, right? So, you know, after year and we we um, have a double digit win season for the first time this year, right? Like I think that I can impact that winning, like with my scouts or with me, um, you know, like recruiting some different guys for him and, and then just player development. So that's step one. And then two will be continuing to become an all. And so I work with, you know, those guys every day. So, like, hire Trey. Like, he was great. So, step two will be networking, right? So, now I'm, I'm networking with a lot of different guys. Like, this summer I went to University of Palm Bluff and, and connected with Coach um, Solo. Um, I went to University of Arkansas Little Rock and, and talked to Coach John Barron and, and Coach Baker um, I went to Washington State and talked with um John Fazio, who runs the the, the NBC camp. And I talked with you know, um, Damon Jablonski, who coached CJ McCollum, and then that led to just different people. I talked to Coach Larry Shia, who coached Larry Nance at Wyoming and Coach Pat Kelsey and just so many different names and so many different people. Um, Coach Robinson at Youngstown State. Like, it's so many people that I talked to this summer that I can't even, like, name on, on the pod. But, like, I think, too, would be networking and just being guys and even just doing this podcast, right? Think about how many people watch it. Um, I did a, another one for Coach JB, working and, and generally building those relationships and talking to guys and getting your name out there, getting your story out there, something to come open. And then, and you know, sometimes you just got to put your name in a hat. Like, that's phase three. Just put your name in a hat. Like, you just, like, yeah, you did a good job at Frostburg. Yeah, you've been networking. But three, you got to put your name out there. Like, you have a job for you. Like, you still have to go out, go on a website. Okay, well, it's in, you know, um, um, Frostburg, Maryland. Who do, who do I know in Frostburg, Maryland, right? That's that's step two. Or, okay, maybe I, I can get in, but, like, do do I fit there? And Because fit does matter. So you just got to go out and, like, do your own research and just put your name in the hat. Um, and, and that's kind of where I'm at. Like, you know, I put my name in the hat for some different jobs this year. I didn't get them, which is okay right like i mean it's okay okay um you know that'd be somebody's loss like i'm gonna go back 
to Frostburg. Like I got the mentality where I'm gonna eat. Like I'm I'm just be rock out and, and be the best that I can be. And you like you said, like when I first got into coaching, like I was like, like oh yeah, man, that D one life, that D one life. Just talking to a lot of different coaches this summer. You know, you got eight hours in the summertime. You working with guys, eight hours in the preseason, then 20 hours when the first official practice start, eight hours again. You know, at my school, it's a little bit different, right? Like, you got your summers because we don't really, too, it's a little bit more flexible um, as far as, like, traveling, networking, doing so. Yeah, I'm kind of up in the air about, you know, D1, D2. But, like, if I was to break down to the playoffs, we're going to win over the game. And then, like, two to three years when we can go five um, and or, like, a D2 head coach around that, that five-year mark. And then, like, ten years from now, like, I want to coach. Preferably, I like to go back to the University of Arkansas Little Rock. Um, it's close to home. I think I can win there. Got a good pipeline with the high school coaches. Um, in Arkansas to be able to, like, get kids and, you know, build that program up, especially because now we're, we're Little Rock's team. So I think, you know, having a lot of locals on the team there and, and things like that. So ideally, you know, 10 years from now, I would like to be um, head coach. Atreo, this chat has been awesome, and it's been so cool to hear from uh, from the hoop side because I got a lot of soccer and someone at your mm -hmm. age who's just kind of grinding and working their way through it. I've absolutely loved this chat, and we're going to shut it down. This is Kieran with Coach's Corner Chats with Atreyu Austin, and I'm out. Peace. Yes, sir. What a great chat. Thanks for checking it out. If you haven't done so already, follow us on Twitter at Coaches Let's Chat. Hit that subscribe button, and once again, if you get a chance, drop a review. It's super, super helpful for growing the podcast. Have a good one. Peace.